Thank you for joining us on The Real Life Podcast today. Today we are talking to Louie and Aaron Shaw about step parenting. Step parenting is something that many people have to walk through in life without any resources. We wanted to take this as an opportunity to talk to two people who have walked through it healthy and successfully in order to provide you with what you need. So if you are walking through step parenting or if you know people walking through step parenting, we encourage you to share this information with them. Thank you guys again for joining us today. Um, we're talking about step parenting. This is just a podcast to talk about different things that we walk through as people in the church. And we don't necessarily get to talk about it on a Sunday morning, but this is real life. And it's something that we all walk through or something that people we know are walking through. Mm -hmm. And so today we're going to talk about step parenting. And so we've got Louie and Aaron Shaw. Um, why don't you guys go ahead and start by just telling us your story, how you guys met, um, how long you've been together, and, and just any part that you think is pertinent. Well, we... <laughs> We met, we've actually, we've known of each other since grade school, um, but uh, all through high school, just kind of separate circles of friends. We never really like, we had the same group of friends, but we never hung out, which was weird. And then um, after high school, she was a year older than me in school, and uh, we kind of split off two different lives. And then it was weird how like full circle... Mm -hmm. 15 years after high school, we reconnected a Bible study, and then it turned into getting married. <laughs> so, like, we've known e of each other for years, but never knew each other. And what's well, weird we've is we've had mutual friends, too. So we still saw each other throughout all the years, but there was... In God's time, because in high never... school, we would have never... <laughs> had we gotten together in high school or... Anytime sooner, it never would have lasted because we were completely different people mm -hmm. 15 years ago. And mm -hmm. now it's, it's more like my trials I've been through. And then all, she has had a lot of trials in the last 15 years. It was like we had to endure those things to become the people that we were to connect when we did, which is it's kind of neat to look back on the timeline of our lives. And like, when I was doing this, you were doing this. How did we not cross paths? And then... I basically had to get married, have three kids, get divorced, and then she had to go through all her stuff in order for... We, we had to get all that done before we could see each other. And that was weird. But it worked out perfect. So, Aaron, did you just see Louie and think, man, this guy, after the Bible study, after all the high school, after all the college stuff, like, all that, did you just look at him at this Bible study and think, man, I want to marry that guy? <laughs> it's not exactly how... <laughs> <laughs> no, but I do remember the first time I saw him whenever... It had been years or whatever, and I was like, wow, movie's grown up. <laughs> I just remember it was just like a baby face, no no hair, and he was just, um, I, he just looked like a grown man, finally. I was like, hmm. One beard and 40 pounds later, I look like a grown up. <laughs> <laughs> You're an adult now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I did like see him differently for the first time, but even still, it wasn't on my radar at all until we ended up... <clears throat> having the Bible study, we're in the Bible app in one of those discussion groups, the uh, devotionals you can do with groups of people. So it was like we had this very intimate relationship already where we're very honest and with a bunch of people in the mm -hmm. app, you know. Mm -hmm. And so that was where it all started without us even knowing it. Right. <laughs> and But then it just made this foundation. Um, you know, we recognized later once we did actually start dating them. That's where we started building without knowing it. So mm -hmm. awesome. So how long have you guys been married now? 
two, it'll, it'll be, be two years in July. July 18th will be two years. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And so Louis brought three girls into <laughs> your marriage. Yes. <laughs> and so Aaron, how did you first of all feel about that? And then how did it feel to take on the role of being a, a stepmother to these girls? Um, I was I was excited. I felt I mean and our relationship, I mean, you can pull out God over and over and over and over and over again on his mm-hmm. hand and what he's done and I felt like this was his way I've wanted to be a mom always and always thought I'd have kids and I was getting up there in age and I hadn't had any and then I was like okay this is God's catching me up I've got three that I, I don't have enough time to have three kids so he's <laughs> just gonna give me three at once and so um that's kind of how I saw it and they're really neat thing about it was when my parents split when I was a kid it was me and my two sisters and we were us three girls were about the same ages oh. as Louis's three girls and so I remember you said the first time you said something in gym about dating a guy who has three daughters stepdad. yeah he just she said, yeah, he smiled real big. Like, yeah, he just kind of chuckled to himself <laughs> about it. And I think that's, too, it, um, I think I was I was made for this role. It hasn't been easy or anything, but my stepdad, Jim, has shown me over mm-hmm. and over again, like, how to raise three girls. He's, mm. I kind of, I'm going to follow from him. And, it, <laughs> of course, there was lots of, uh, you know, fights and arguments and screaming and stuff in the household growing up, but that's uh, part of all of it, I think, whether your step parents or not. But right. he he took three girls that were not his blood, and I never once heard him talk about us as these are my stepchildren. Mm-hmm. Um, it was always just I have three girls. These are my these, these are, are my, my kids. These are my girls. And so <clears throat> I think seeing that, and it's weird too, because in the last few years my sisters made fun of me for it but it was before we started dating I started getting very emotional about that (laughs) like Mm -hmm. thinking about it more often than I ever did and years before it was like I was analyzing like that relationship a little bit without knowing why or why these thoughts would come into my head about it and then you Mm -hmm. know two three years later I'm like that's probably why (laughs) another way so that was a little bit yeah a little bit of preparation from the the Lord was doing in you. Yeah, I think so. So tell me what has been um, a struggle for you in being an instant mom. <laughs> um, the I know everybody talks about how their first child are the most careful with. Like, so I have three first childs, <laughs> and one of them, you know, was nine when this started. So yeah. she's they're. They actually, Lacey specifically, <laughs> who's seven, always refers to me as safe, which I'm okay with. I don't, I don't have a problem with that at all. But I'm always one who's like, yeah, I don't think so. And if I'm like, this is probably fine. I'm being overprotective. It's go ask your dad. Type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. The it was it's because you see, I got to see the phases of like first, second, third kid, like almost all at once. Because it was like when we first started. I mean, we we initially dated. For like eight months before we like 
brought the kids into it mm-hmm. because I didn't want, you know. Right. But seeing her, like, at first, like, when we first got together, like, and had the whole family dynamic, it was, like, everything was, that's too hot. Don't touch this. Be careful with that. Be safe. Don't do this. And it was, like, all right, well, we were, at the time, it was, what, their age range was 5 to 10 years yeah. old. Yeah. And so everything was, now that the age range is 7 to 13 between the three, now it's almost like, I don't care. Go. Do what you want to, yeah, just, yeah. No, just, just don't make a mess. That's the thing now is like, don't make a mess. Just, <laughs> don't hurt it, went, it goes from be safe, don't yeah. hurt yourself to just don't make a mess, you know, but it like for me, it was neat watching her go from, cause I was really concerned, like going from, well, not only did she go from zero kids to three kids, but she went from, she was her own boss. She had her own apartment. She had. No significant other. She had her own plans, her own schedule. I mean, everything in her life was completely organized. She has her, like, her morning routine, her work routine, and her after work routine. And it was her world was completely, and she's a very organized person. Mm-hmm. So her world was completely organized. And then I come in and I'm like, hey, I'm recently divorced with three kids. Let's, let's take this and let's completely shake things up. Yeah. and not only that but like she has a career in Bloomington she's was a, you know she was in that chiropractic office for 11 years before me and she had everything she had a whole life in Bloomington mm-hmm. and she had to just completely new job new home three kids and her schedule is no longer her schedule it's everybody's schedule right. and then you got to split that schedule with their mom's side mm-hmm. so it's like there's never nothing is ever here's the schedule and this is how it's going to go. It's like, here's the schedule with a lot of gray area. Yeah. You know? That was, that was the big struggle. <laughs> how so, do you guys navigate that with, with having such different places in life and then going from zero to 60 super quick. How did you guys navigate that together? Well, her, right. <laughs> <laughs> she's, I'm very, I'm very, let's just, let's just figure it out. Let's just go and do it. Let's just head down and get through it. She's very, Let's, Let's plan it before we do it. Post-its everywhere, calendar by the back. We have calendars on our phone, calendar by the back door. Um, she is notorious for post-its on the back of her phone, on the front of my door, as the you know the back door when I leave, or a note in a lunch. It's always like she's very, we're not going to miss anything if Aaron's in charge. <laughs> With me in charge, it's like, we're going to probably miss a few things, but we're going to hit all the important stuff, and we're going to get through this alive. She's very family time here do this we're gonna sit down for that and if she didn't have the organization then it would be absolute chaos but the fact that she's that organized it definitely helped when she took all that on but uh, i think it was it happened during covid mm. so mm. the yeah. world kind of shut down yeah. so i didn't have that much to like bounce around and like rearrange or anything that like made me just completely lose it um so i think that was actually another kind of if you want to find the blessings in COVID, yeah. <laughs> that was it. It slowed things down so that the transition just kind of was a little bit more smoothly. I was switching jobs, so I didn't have a job here yet. So I was only working two days a week. So then I had some downtime. So I had my alone time still, which mm-hmm. I was very much used to. Right. And so I could still get that back. And so I think that's kind of what mm-hmm. helped that out. Nowadays, it's, you know, now that we, we have a home, we have a, like everybody's got Everything going on and all this. Oh, I did have a meltdown <laughs> once uh, <laughs> school started back up and all the kids were in sports. Yeah. That's, oh, yeah. That's what... See, that's where the catch of the COVID was a blessing. And then it was like, because we had this nice, 
Because right, I mean, we literally, we started planning our wedding right at the, the start of COVID. Mm-hmm. And so we had that two-year window of, at first, I was terrified because she's going from no kids right. to, like, three kids, and they're not in school all day. Yeah. So you don't have, like, we had to figure out who's watching the kids during the day, who's going to get them after school or after, like, the pickup switch-off time because our days are, you know, we have them Monday, Wednesday, every other Friday and every other weekend. So we have to figure out those Monday nights, those Wednesday nights, every other Friday night of when we can pick up, drop off. And just with them not being in school, right. it was like we're all huddled up. And see, after the divorce, I moved out of my house into a small rental house, which was one bedroom or it had two bedrooms, one bath. Mm. And so. And you've got three daughters. <laughs> yep. And a dog, big German shepherd. Ooh. And then when we got married, I was still in that in house. house. So, of course, we didn't. She didn't move until after the after the wedding. So after the wedding, it was tiny house, three kids, big dog, new job, no school because of COVID. So a lot of her new mom time was spent during COVID while she was doing the switchover for the jobs that she was changing, was being at home and doing homeschooling with three kids, which I was at work. I didn't have to deal with. And then... I come home and I find out it's like nine hours nonstop. So I'm like, I don't know how you are going from like literally having her own set schedule to now she's, you know, first grade, fifth grade and seventh grade of work. Like just all of this jumbled stuff on top of her looking for a new job, moving from Bloomington to Decatur and being married and having all of us take away from her personal organization. So it was nice at first to ease into the marriage thing during COVID and having the kids. But then, like she said, after COVID, it was was like, okay, now it's sports are back. After school activities are back. Even like church functions, you know how it is. And you know how you guys have the school stuff and then the the church stuff and the sports. And it was like, okay, now everything's open. COVID's disappeared. Let's 100% back to normal. And from from a slowed down schedule, man. From zero to 100. And then she did. She had that moment where it was like, I was like, okay, we can do this. I can run them to their practices. We got this. It's happening. And then we got the game schedule. And I was like... <laughs> so you're right, you're right on par, though, because I feel like parents have breakdowns all the time anyways. Right? Yeah. That's normal, isn't it? Yeah. That was whenever he had to finally be like, oh, okay. This is settling in now. Yeah, reality has, has yeah. it. Whenever you look at that, when you see the transition, did you guys start intentionally working on that transition before marriage, or did you wait until after marriage to talk about it? Even with, with the kids involved, was it something you began to, to talk about and plan for? We actually had... We had, I think that's one of the things you have to do, especially when you're in your mid to late thirties dating. Like when we, our first date basically was sitting down at a Denny's for three hours, drinking coffee and like just putting all of our cards on the table. I was like, here's what I've got going on in my life. This is why my marriage ended. I have three kids. This is kind of like no beating around the bush. Like I'm not dating to date around. I'm actually, if I'm going to, we're going to start something we have to actually like just we can't have any secrets we got to put everything on the table i mean we talked about um my kids and that they would become our kids and we talked about uh the baggage that i have because you know with an ex-wife and and everything that comes along with that and then she expressed also she goes well you're you know at the time 35 or whatever and you already have three kids so like you've had that chapter closed Mm. And she hasn't had any, you know, she wants to 
it's one thing to be a, a stepmother and actually be there and be a mom, but then that's a, there's a gift that women have of having their own children. And I told her, I was like, that's something, that's not, I would never take that away from mm-hmm. whatever my, whoever my wife is going to be. If she has no kids of her own, that's a door I would leave open. So like, even that, like first date stuff, yeah. it was like, we don't have time to waste. Yeah. Like, she's like, I want to have the possibility of having a child of my own. And I'm like, door's not closed on that. I've got three, you know my story, here's all of that. So we did have to, we, something we had to continue, we're still working on a lot of it, mm-hmm. but to, to take it on that very first date, like first date, there was no wooing involved. It was like, before we even start the whole like, <laughs> just lay it all out yeah, there. before we even start even thinking about like <clears throat> dating or taking this further than like a friendship or, you know, whatever, it was like, here's all of my ugliness. Right there, every all the all the trash in my life, I just dumped it on the table at that Denny's, and then she took it, sorted through it, and was like, "Okay, well, I got a lot of trash here too," and she threw it all in. And through all that, it was like, I was like, if I was able, I some of my closest friends, I wasn't saying all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like men's group through church didn't say some of the stuff I did, and it was like there was something about it. I was like, it has to be taken care of now, so it didn't. You know. Well, and again, I think that came from like the study that we were doing together where we already just felt like there was we were started out being so honest that it's like well if we're going to move this a little bit further then that's where we're going to stay anyway but I think just knowing where each other stood as far as values morals what's important to us we already knew that already Mm -hmm. so I don't think we necessarily talked about any parenting stuff specifically we're just like yeah, this is going to work out because it's supposed to mm-hmm. and God put us together. We know that like a hundred percent and this is supposed to happen. So I think we're just new like, yeah, we'll tackle it whenever it comes. And then it came and then it's like, oh, we need it's to here. talk about this. You know, there were some things, a lot of stuff that was just like, yeah, it just flowed and great. And then bigger issues would come up that we didn't expect or didn't, it's not something that you plan for. And then that would be then where we'd have to sit down and talk about it. And I think it was, Maybe like three months in, where finally we didn't we didn't have the girls, and so I sat him down. And I was like, "We need to we need to have a talk." <laughs> like, uh, mm-hmm. and it was a parenting talk because I was like, "You you've been in this now for years and years. I'm the new one. This is how I expected to always raise my children, mm-hmm. and this is how you have been raising them. This is how they are." Let's somehow match, but we've got to be on the same page no matter what because we're already outnumbered. There's right. three of them and only two of us. So we've got to figure it out and be on the same page. Otherwise, we will never win this situation. We'll never figure it out. We'll never be on top. And we need to figure out, you know, what's best for them, what's best for us, what's going to happen. So there was, I think, a lot of it. We just, we went with it and saw how it went. We, you know, you didn't, we didn't plan exactly, but we knew at the core, we're on the same page. And then we had to actually have those conversations as I came up. Yeah, I think the two biggest things is it's the communication aspect of it because there's hills I've already tried dying on that the battle was lost. And she's picking up the aftermath of it. And she's now battling that same. Mm-hmm. I'm like, honey, no, that we've already, we've, we've tried that one. And that's one where we've kind of like, like, you know, like, like, Pre-Aaron, it like I might have had like this issue and we kind of like have like we deal with it like this way. And if it's something to happen, if it arises, you know, post Aaron, then it's like, 
well, she's handling it like a mom, how she should. But then it's like, if it's not working, then we have to communicate about it. And like, yeah, that's, you know, in the past we've handled it this way or this works or just the communication that really needs to be open because if she's like, the, like whether it's discipline or the, the language we use in correction with the kids, um, we have to always be on the same page with that, mm-hmm. you know? And then the other thing that's really hard to do is as a parent and step parent together, you know, biblically we honor our wives before our kids. So, but when you remarry my kids, I have to battle that worry of my kids seeing me honor my wife Mm -hmm. before them, but that's not their, you know, quote mom. Mm -hmm. So now I'm putting someone who's not their mom above them, making it seem like it's more like, like you're more important than my kids. Like that, you don't want to have that. It's different, like when your mom and dad and kids, and it's the the structure of God, right. mom, dad, kids. Then you have God, dad, stepmom, kids. You have to fight that urge of like, I really want my kids to like me. I want them to be like being over here more than over there. <laughs> um, I want to let them get away with stuff over here. But it's because you, it's really really hard to battle the like versus love because you want them like loving them is harder. Mm-hmm. but like having them like liking them and letting them like you is different. It's hard to be parents and friends because we want to be the friend while they're over here, but it's really hard to, you don't want, you're worried about disciplining too much at our house because then it's going to push them away and they're going to want to spend more time away from us. Mm-hmm. It's that for me is the hardest thing is honoring my wife and putting her values ahead of, that you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. tell us about that transition of, of bringing this your new wife or your, at the time your fiance or girlfriend home. How how did you navigate that with your girls as you were as you were moving forward? Because that's something that a lot of people struggle with, where kids may see this other woman coming in or this other dad coming in and saying, "Well, I don't want this person to replace me." Like, how how do you navigate that? Or even that? the conversation of, "Well, she's not my mom." Oh yeah, it's it's not easy, but you have to be in it together. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, the way it worked for us was we dated for eight months or so. And then when I finally, I mentioned to the kids that I have a new friend mm-hmm. and then it was, let's, you want to meet dad's new friend? Our first time meeting, we took them to uh, the zoo mm-hmm. and we spent the day at the zoo and like throughout the day, they kind of picked up, like we didn't hold hands or act like a couple. We just wanted to present a new person in their life and see how they reacted. And they picked up on it on their own that this was like not dad's friend because then by the end of it, they were holding her hand and they were like, Lacey was hanging on her for a picture. And so just easing it in. And I think the, I think you really got to have your, you got to stick to your guns on certain things. Like for me, whenever I was doing in marriage this time around, I wanted to do it biblically. Like we had, there was no sexual activity before marriage. There was no moving in before marriage. There was, I mean, we, in the things that we told the kids, because in our eyes, it was like, we get a chance that a lot of parents don't now. We get to show them how to do it while they watch it versus them just assuming that mom and dad did everything the right way. So it would put more pressure on us to make sure that you stick to those guns and 
when they don't have that structure on the other half, then it's real easy for them to, to point out when you don't follow what you say. Yeah. You know, because it's, it's it would be easier for us a lot of times to just recoil and be like, okay, we give into this or we give mm-hmm. into that, but the it's it's really hard work now, but and it does push the kids away. There's there's days where I swear my 13-year-old hates me, like doesn't want to speak to me, and it's like I didn't do anything wrong, but it's because I stuck to my guns and I followed our moral rules, the laws that we want to have in our life. Like, you can't waver from it. Mm-hmm. It's that's like for that me. Is, yeah. And they'll appreciate it later. So I'm that's been the hardest that thing. One. Yeah. And I think too, whenever Louis was introducing me, introducing my name, like you know, starting to before we even met, and then once we did meet. He had, you know, I only had to worry about myself. He had himself and then three others to worry about this transition and everything. And so I was assuming he was doing this without me there. But then I would hear him, like, as I was around more and with the girls and everything, too, him talk me up, like, a lot, a lot, which is nice. But then from being a stepchild myself, I think you should dial it down a little bit because I don't want them thinking... You know, like, all he does is talk so good about this mm-hmm. person. Like, I don't care. You know, yeah. or something. Or think that I'm up here and now they're down here. Right. I want that to kind of be an invisible line, you know, mm-hmm. or wherever. I don't want that. I was, yeah. Balance and boundaries, that's hard. Yeah, yeah but I, I, yeah, I didn't want them thinking, like, all he does is talk about her all the time or how great she is. I wanted, you know, I didn't want them thinking. Mm-hmm. And and I know you're you're, like, Dialing it up, real. <laughs> well, it wasn't well, it's, like I was this amazing well, it's, being. It's this fear of like really wanting them to like right. me. Right. Well, because you hear the term like as a kid, you hear the term like step parent. Like for me, when I was little, you hear like stepmom. That comes with certain like yeah, some bad connotations. Yeah, yeah, like evil stepmother. Well, yeah, told me that too. So it's they were like surprised that I was nice. Is what they really? said. Really? Yes. Even after yeah. all that, yeah. you know buttering up that idea because I, I was scared i was like they have to like her because i was already in too deep i was in love with this woman i was like i know that and she's mine so the kids have got to like her like surely so i was like oh yeah every time i come home I'm like oh yeah aaron saved this dog from a train or sweet you know it's always like it, like there's these great stories about it she meets kids like <laughs> yeah it was like I kind of ruined all of her highlights throughout her life. Now she has nothing cool to tell them because I was wanting to make sure they yeah. loved her before they met her. I won this award, so what? Yeah. So, how but, was that transition for you, Aaron? Going going to that role of stepmother. How how did you navigate it? Was it weird? Was it difficult to hop into? It. I think. I mean, it's strange. I don't think it's the norm. But I was just very excited to be in that position, and to just. And Louis was talking about them all the time before, mm-hmm. you know, we were even going on dates. And then he would talk about them all the time when we were going on dates. And before I met him and on the phone and everything. And so I felt like I knew them pretty well already without actually, you know, meeting them. Um, and then once it came time, I was just like, okay, come on already. Let's get this going. I'm mm-hmm. ready. Like, let's do it. And then, you know, it was there. And then it was... You know, e-learning that about broke me, but the <laughs> in general. So, um, Aaron, what have you intentionally done to build relationship with each of the girls? Well, you have to learn each girl specifically because you're not going to reach them 
the same way. Mm -hmm. Everybody's personalities are different. They have different love languages. And so it was figuring that out. And then it was... I, most kids just want attention. Yeah. So it's just giving them all you got and being completely exhausted at the end of the day. Oh, not having a normal bedtime. That was, I like, that was hard. I could go to bed whenever I wanted before. And then it's like, I got to get stuff done before I go to bed because there's no getting it done during the day. Um, but I think it's giving each of them, like we try all the time and Louis does too, um, you know, giving them one-on-one time a lot and finding out what it is that they really like. And some of them, you know, they'll be frustrated or mad and you got to figure out what it is because they're not going to tell you. Mm-hmm. So that was something to, <laughs> you know, right. do. And, or, you know, like you say, I, I did this, I did this. What was, what was wrong? It's like, they just wanted the time. They just wanted you to be there with them. They, I mean, Lacey wants you to listen to a 20-minute story about nothing. She's just <laughs> telling you about it. And I've learned to, like, instead of, like, thinking right. about other things, you're just, like in awe of, oh my gosh, she's picking up all these things. She wants to tell me about this because she's picked it all up. And it's just finding them. It's just stripping away all the other stuff and just, you know, finding out who they are and what makes them happy and trying to find interest in that yourself so that you can bond with them, you know, that way. And it's tough because there is, when you have, situation like ours you have moments where you just you feel like you're you're at the bottom of the valley like you you you're at the valley and then you were handed a shovel to dig deeper you know like you're just but then also in our situation those high moments I mean you don't get any higher than seeing like for me some of my favorite things is watching her figure out each kid individually and spend that time with them you know her figuring out that Lacey just wants the, the communication and the talking, you know, Emmy just doesn't want to get lost in the middle. Right. You know, and Brooke, sometimes all she wants you to do is just sit at the end of, at the end of her bed while she's thumbing through her phone. Like you don't have to talk, mm-hmm. but just the fact that you're in there and something that she's brought to our family that we've never had was individual prayer time at night. So, I mean, there's nights where honestly I'm, physically exhausted from work and I just I'm done it's eight o'clock eight o'clock at home is quiet time nine o'clock is tuck-in time and at eight o'clock I'm looking at her I'm like I can't do it tonight because it's at least I mean it's a one minute prayer that lasts 20 minutes per kid mm-hmm. so I, it seems like an hour before I get to go to bed and I'll just look at her, I'm like tonight, can we just do quick prayers tonight and it's never like she never she's really good at not doing the shortcuts on the important things and awesome. and it's I love watching her bring her like her traditions and the things that she the way she practices certain things and does things and bringing them in and and, and molding it and making our lives better by adding it and watching each individual relationship grow like i tell her all the time i if from the outside looking in lacy's like we She's your blood child because she got she got her hands on Lacey so young that yeah. she's doing and saying and there's mannerisms that she's doing. I'm like, that's that's Aaron right there. And I will say that I I know for a fact that the reason it works so well with Aaron and the kids with her being the step parent is because she puts in the time and the effort and 
it, you don't, we're both overthinkers. And thank, I think it took both of us a while to realize you don't have to overthink it. It's just, sometimes it's just being there. And she, that's, and it's not, it's not easy, but it is, she does, she's, she puts the work in. So, I mean, I will say if there's anything that any like step parent or blended family is having issues with, it's just you gotta, you, I mean, you got to power through some things and you've got to really set time aside. She's better. She's, I'm glad that I'm not the step. If I was the step parent, I don't know if I would physically be yeah. able to, to yeah. organize my bit. time enough to put in that. I mean, she puts in 100% effort every single day, whether it's just reminding the kids to brush their teeth before bed or it's helping Amy study for her spelling test that she's constantly having problems with. And hearing them like, when's Aaron going to be home? Like they're going to her now for mm-hmm. things because right. they know that there's the there's a, a comfort level with her now, and she does things better than me. Like they like the way she studies with them. Mm-hmm. I just yell at them and like, remember this. <laughs> she's like, if you break the word down and you, and you do this, like well, yeah, she's. There are songs attached to everything. When the kids yeah. are saying they're not learning anything, because daddy's just giving them the answer. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, if you, I mean, I will just it's. She puts in the physical and emotional effort that it takes to be, because it's it's easy it's it's easier to be the parent because they just it's like it's in their DNA they love you built in thing. But she, any step parent that's out there, I have so much respect for because it's. I couldn't imagine having to debt like the the mental dedication it takes with all the frustration to to do the work. You have to do the work, yeah. and she does it. Let me ask this. How do you guys, Aaron, how do you guys handle uh, disagreements that you have, especially relating to the kids? How how does that look? That's, that I think is tough because a lot of times we can't do anything at the moment. So we have to wait until we're finally in bed at night where nobody's going to be coming in so we can talk about what happened. Um, or, you know, one of those things where one of us is asked and then we don't know about it and then they ask the other one and then... Yeah. But he's very good at backing me up with whatever I say. And because I always give the why because me personally, I always have to know why. Otherwise, I'm not going to do it. I need to know why it needs to be done. So once it sounds stupid and I get told all the time, you know, that's that's not how mommy does it or that's not how daddy does it even. So, um, and then I say, I don't care. That's how I do it. <laughs> and I'm here right now. So, um, but then, then I go back and, you know, walk down the hallway or something and then I'm like, okay. Is that worth the battle? Should I give this up? How important is this? So, and I think that's that's been one of the really hard things is judging on like, you know, I've had many conversations with other people and parents and they're like, pick your battles, not everything. Actually, I think you told me that too. <laughs> and it's like, just pick your battles. Not, you don't have to be so headstrong about this. Is it going to make a difference? I'm like, oh, no, but now I've already said this. So can I go back on it now? But, I mean, the big stuff that we know is coming, we discuss that ahead of time. But there's things now, having a teenager, we're not, <laughs> not expecting, not prepared for. And, like, yeah. we've, we've had lots of conversations on how we handle things. And a lot of it, we don't know. So, we just see how So, let goes. me ask you guys, how do you handle um, differences in households? Because, obviously, the girls are with their mom and then they're with you and I'm sure there's different parenting styles. Mm-hmm. And so how do you guys handle 
disagreements and differences that come up. Well, like you said earlier, well, we don't do that at mom's house or, you know, that's not important at mom's house. Or how do you guys handle those kinds of things when they come up? Not always the right way, but, um, (laughs) you know, it's, thanks for being honest. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, we, we try our best and we always will, but it can be difficult. And that's the thing. Like we, and I've, told the kids too like we parent differently Mm -hmm. than your mom and her husband we have different styles and everything and you know you can they might not do it over there but that is how we do Mm -hmm. it here so it's just kind of reinstating that every single time if you have to right and I would say it's a lot harder whenever and it's probably a lot harder over there for her too with the transition whenever they're with us for multiple days in a row and then they go Mm -hmm. over there they're with for multiple days in a row and then they come over to our house it's it's a different attitudes you know that we're navigating around it. yeah well we we are not easy on the kids at our house and that's we understand that it's we we, we i think we do a decent job of trying i mean there's been many things that has blown up in our faces that we we had all the good intentions in the world and had tried to do everything the right way and we could be 100 percent positive that we did everything right and then the outcome is an absolute dumpster fire. And we're like, well, you know, even if we say, well, we'll learn from this and not do it again, well, then we'll do it the opposite way down the road. And six months later, the way it worked six months ago, it would have worked this time. And we're not we're completely clueless. But the, it, I think the way that we talk about the different expectations at dad's house versus mom's house and the different expectations versus the rules that, you know, dad and Aaron have. I think that when it's important, those moments where you see the frustration in the child, like, why am I being disciplined for this here, but I'm not being disciplined mm-hmm. for this at mm-hmm. mom's house or mom's role is different than dad's or however it's, it is. I think there, if there's a punishment to an action or there's discipline to an action, I think we do a really good job of explaining why. Mm-hmm. Like, instead of just saying, like, you, know, you didn't do this, so you're grounded for the weekend. Or you didn't do that, so now I'm taking your phone. Um, we do, I think that we really try to push the, since you didn't do A, we're going to talk about, mm-hmm. we're going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And instead of just respond, I think a lot of it is, it really is just response to things and how you respond to it. Because I do a really poor job of, not wanting to respond to things that affect our lives. Like I do a lot of responding out of like being defensive or anger because I don't, I feel like sometimes like our world, like could be either like whether it's on purpose or not can get messed up. And it's like, we put in all this work and it's like, it's like when your kids go to grandma and grandpa's house and they come home and like, I got to redo all this. Yeah. It's almost like we feel like now we've got to, but you understand like it is like, just because our world is this the way doesn't mean that they're in their, their, their mom's world has to be that way. Right. And we have to accept the fact that there's a world over there and a world over here. And we have to find the, have enough empathy to be understanding that it's hard. It'd be hard for me to follow rules in a household at two different places and then have enough empathy to understand that, but then realize that that kind of excuse will get worn out at a certain point. Yeah. Like, by now, you know, over here, dirty dishes don't get rinsed out in the sink. They get rinsed out and put in the dishwasher. Right. 
you know, and it's a, it, there could be just little minute rules that like what well, mommy's house, we just have to put them in a sink. It's like, okay, I get that you probably forgot over here that we ask you to do one further step. And it's like, do we punish that? Or do we, you know, we try to do a job of correction versus punishment, but then it's hard for us to find that, you know, is it two strikes, three strikes, four? How many times do we remind it? Because we only get them for half the time. Right. And then sometimes by the time you get the correction done, it's two or three weeks down the road because we had them this weekend, not next weekend, but then we get them the following weekend, you know. I think one of the biggest challenges, too, is, like, remembering that they are the kids. They're mm-hmm. not responsible for what happened mm-hmm. or the split or anything like that. And then... You know, the communication between the two parents, the two biological parents, you know, and if it's not always that great of communication and getting frustrated with that or different things that mm-hmm. we can't do, it's not, we, we can't let it show. Right. We have to be very, very intentional about the way we react to something thing. that happened at mom's house. Something that happened at yeah. mom's house or something that affects mm-hmm. our house. Mm-hmm that wasn't in the kids it had nothing to do with the kids right it wasn't anything that they did and it's okay i've got to get back in happy mode like (laughs) get over it or put it aside we can talk about it later it's kid time Mm -hmm. let's do it (laughs) and i will say one rule that is that never ever 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 and it's hard because i screw this up sometimes just because i don't want to talk to certain people but your kids cannot be used as a communication device to your ex. No matter how burnt that bridge might be, I, it's not fair for my 13-year-old to be the conduit between me and my ex-wife. Mm-hmm. You know, I, no matter how much I might not want to speak to certain people, I can't say, okay, hun, tell so-and-so this, and then put that responsibility on them because then it's they're caught in it and if they don't remember to say something or they then the other parent you know then the other parent could respond in anger to her and then they got to pass that message along and it's really hard and i i'll be honest there's times where i can it's just easier for me like hey just tell your mom that tomorrow i'll pick you guys up at four instead of 345 or i gotta work like and then then it it is my fault because then i've got to deal with the repercussions if she doesn't tell her mom right because then i get the message where are you at and it's like, yep, I shouldn't have done that, you know. And it's it's a burden you shouldn't put on the kids and it it wears on them. Mm-hmm. And you don't do it's easier said than done because like I said, I even on the smallest things, I don't right. think it's a big deal. Yeah. But I I try ninety eight percent of the time to have direct communication like through the parents, you know. But it's real easy and it slips up because it's just a, something as simple as a pickup time can yeah. be. And then the kid feels bad because then mom's like mad at dad. Yep. Yeah, and it's like, it's not your fault. I shouldn't have, I should have just texted your mom, <laughs> you know. But, well, I think one thing that I've been very adamant at because of my childhood and growing up with step parents and everything is that, like, I don't want the kids to ever hear bad talk about either of their parents i don't so i can say for our household like we don't we don't want to talk bad about their mom or stepdad in our house 
because that's nothing that they need to hear. They don't need mm-hmm. to hear any kind of ugly or anything like that. So if if something were to come up to where there would be, uh, you know, we don't we don't want to involve that. And same with their house. We really hope that we would never be talked bad about in front of them. They can make their own decisions. We can make them really mad over cereal or something. But, you know, and they'll want to say bad things about us. But I want them, they should have their own thoughts and not, because that's not kid stuff anyway. They shouldn't even know about it. And But that's something where... My sisters and I had grown up and heard bad things about each side of our parents and one side probably more than the other, but, and it's hard not to do sometimes whenever you're really frustrated, but you have to put that, you got to swallow it and, Mm -hmm. you know, not do it in front of the kids no matter what. And my mom had actually, because I talked to her a lot going through this because she's gone through all the same stuff and, you know, she ended up ordering me a book because it was before we're married even. And so she's like, I'll order one for you and I'll order one for Louie. It was <laughs> a, a book called Ex Etiquette. So it was like how to, you know, coming into this new family and how to communicate with the ex and around the kids and all that kind of stuff. So trying to uphold that. And, and so one final question too, as you look at everything, like in one or two sentences, if you had to give advice, and I want like something from each of you, like um, if you had to give advice to step parents that are just struggling, what what would it be? Is there one thing that's like, man, if you just do this, life gets easier? I'm sure that there's not that. <laughs> yeah, there's there was, not man. one magic pill, but <laughs> I need to find that podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Find that uh, I there's just, all I know is that there's there's certain things that you you can't skimp on. You can't you can't be lazy in communication. You got to swallow a whole lot of pride and pray. Mm. I mean, obviously prayer is at the top of the list, but for me, the hardest, the the swallowing the pride Mm -hmm. and communication, because in a lot of times in order to get the communication that you have to have, you've got to swallow that pride. Mm. And in order to swallow that pride, you got to pray about it. Mm -hmm. So pray, swallow pride and communicate. (laughs) Pretty good. That's good. How about you, Aaron? Um, I was just going to say, just love them. I mean, those kids just want love. They want attention. They want to be loved. Find that bond with them. Whatever, you know, makes them smile, create that for them as much as you can. And love and if, on them. Very good. If at the core of it, you're trying to do the right thing and love the kids, then you're not doing anything wrong. You're going to come out of that. As long as you put the kids, like, if, if see through, just try to look through their eyes and see the situation as they see it. And if you're doing that and doing your best, then it's okay to screw up. You're going to have terrible seasons. Not days, seasons. Welcome to parenting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of there's, things that he says and he's like, you know, or things that I take very personally. I'm at the end of my rope and then he's like, this isn't a, this isn't not a step-parent thing. thing. Right. This no, is a parent thing. thing. I think this, you're taking this too personally. Yeah. yeah. So that is actually what yeah. I can say too, yeah. is that I think he has enlightened me as far as like I, I have taken things too personally sure. to where it's like, no, it's because I'm a parent. It's not because I'm the right. ugly stepmother. Right. Yeah. It's because I'm a parent and they don't always like boundaries or whatever. And so I'm taking it, you know, try to. And as they get older, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a like, little harder. It's like yeah. I just try to tell her our, the, we got the teenager now and it's like, I think she hates me. She doesn't hate you. She just hates everything. Yeah. So there's nothing single about you because no. I just got it five minutes ago. So don't feel bad. 
man. Well, thank you guys for telling us your story. I've never heard it, and so it was really cool. Thanks yes. for, for being yeah. vulnerable and letting us in and, and sharing. Time. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Awesome. Happiness. Thank you for joining us on the Real Life Podcast. If you enjoyed listening, please remember to subscribe to stay up to date on every new episode and announcement. If you have any questions, comments, or you want to suggest a new topic for future shows, please email us at reallife at visitlife.org.